0: Today's episode is the first in a series I'm calling In the Trenches, and I'm going to be interviewing property managers on how they're dealing with the current crisis and asking them for some tips going forward. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. And, you know, another week goes by. Things are happening. Our cancellation policies are changing every day. And we have plenty of owners at the moment who are deciding that they no longer want to rent for the entire summer. So (laughs) I said this on a Facebook group. It's the first time ever that we have gone to a guest and said, I'm sorry, but the owners cancelled on you. And finding them so gracious in their response. At least that's something. At least that is something. But we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen this summer. You may be working on a three months to recovery, six months to recovery, or if you're like me and my company, where we are going all out and looking towards 15 months before we have any form of recovery. And I know that as I go out into the forums and Facebook groups, I see that so many people are out there looking for inspiration, looking for ideas, or just wanting to share experiences. One such person was Sharon Mitchie of Cottages to Castles of Sanibel and Captiva, and she has been extraordinarily helpful on the Facebook group, which is the business of short-term rentals and property management. And some of the things she's doing are innovative and creative, and she's already thinking ahead to creating relationships with her guests and owners that are going to go well beyond the end of this crisis. So I wanted to invite Sharon to come on and be my first guest in the In the Trenches series because I think she has so much to offer. So let's hear from Sharon. So I'm delighted to have with me today Sharon Mitchie from Cottages to Castles. And this is on Sanibel Island. Is it Sanibel and Captiva Island or are they both islands? Sharon. Sharon.
1: They're both separate islands, separated by a hurricane back in the late 20s. I think it was Hurricane Camille. So there are two separate islands, and Sanibel is a city. Mm -hmm. So we're incorporated and have our own rules and regulations. And then Captiva is the smaller island, and it is unincorporated, and it's governed by the state of Florida and Lee County. So two different sets of regulations. governing two islands that you have to go through Sanibel to get to Captiva. And with this COVID-19 situation going on with rental bans, when you've got one edict from the city and one from a state that are the same, it's getting quite interesting.
0: Oh gosh, I can, I can imagine. And we'll, we're going to cover that off because because what I wanted to do today is really to talk to you about where you were with Cottages to Castles at the outset you know before this all started what what the company's like also and then to move on to say what's challenging for you during these times you know probably very similar to what's challenging for everybody else but i'm sure there's other things that that you probably have challenges with that maybe people other people don't and also what you're doing proactively to preserve your relationships with guests and owners at this time because i think it's it's just so important so Tell me, uh, Sharon, how did you get into this business in the first place and what keeps you in it?
1: My grandfather was a chef for Harvey Hotels and Restaurants back after the Depression in the late 30s, early 40s. And he worked at uh, the St. Louis Union Station in Kansas City, Albuquerque, New Mexico, so wherever the train lines went. So he was the executive chef. And my mother was an only child and she was a Harvey girl. And so she waited tables and in the fifties, they came down to Miami by car. They were living, I think they were up in Milwaukee or St. Louis, St. Louis. And they came down to Miami on a vacation and took the Tamiami trail through the Everglades and came up this coast and stopped. And my grandfather went fishing, caught tarpon and snook, and he saw that a restaurant was for sale. So he bought it. And they drove back north. My mother graduated high school and they came right back down and opened a restaurant that's still standing today under a different name, but it's still there to this day. And then from there, they were here for many, many years. And my mom married and had five children. I'm number four. And she was a secretary at a church. And my grandparents then came out of semi-retirement and he went to work for Trust House Forte and Travelodge in Disney World. So he was back on the traveling bandwagon again as a food and beverage director. So as a child and a teen, I spent all my summers going to wherever they were. So New York, Hawaii, California, Indianapolis, wherever they were, that's where we were. And he ended up back in Orlando at Disney um, for the opening of Disney World. And then he stayed on there until he retired. So, um, So I grew up in the business And when my mom left the church, when the pastor at the Episcopal church retired, the secretary would retire with with the priest. So she took a job at a vacation rental agency here on Sanibel called Fantasy Island. And that was in 1982. And so I was just barely a teenager at that point. And so coming to work with my mom and hanging out after school, and so just kind of got drawn into it. And so when it was time to go to college, I chose Cornell University for the School of Hotel Administration. And so I went there and graduated and went to work for Four Seasons Hotels and Omni Hotels and lived around the country and uh, came home on a vacation. And everywhere I had been, all my employers, my college professors, everyone said they'd saved their money all year long to go to Sanibel and how lucky I was to live here. And, you know, as a kid, you think, oh, I can't wait to get out of this two horse town. We only had two horses on the island. And it meant something after I'd been out in the world working in hotels, you know, all day, Mm -hmm. all the holidays. 24 seven. So I got to thinking about that when I came home and I'm like, wow, you know, I could do this since all my, my bosses and coworkers were asking me to plan their weddings and do what I did there here. So I said, let's open our own rental agency. So cottages to castles was born and we've never looked back. That was in 1997.
0: Goodness. That's a fair old time. You've been doing this. Yeah. It's been fun. It's a blast. (laughs) So I, I was going to say what keeps what keeps you in it, but I guess you know you you've got hospitality in your genes naturally. Uh,
1: generally, yes, we like to say some days it's hospitality and other days it's hostility. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's um, we've been so very lucky. My mom was the grand dam of rentals out here. Uh, she was quite a character and a straight shooter, and uh, we really take our business personally. So we're not a big agency; we're a small agency. Um, when we opened, people said we were never going to make it. We were geared towards high-end, high-dollar properties, high-maintenance people. And we said, but that crowd is always out there, and they're recession-proof. Yeah. Those owners and those guests are recession-proof. So when, when you, the downtimes come, well, they're not going to have the, the personal chef three meals a day every day of their stay. They'll have the personal chef one meal a day every mm-hmm. day of their stay. So we focused on a specific niche that was recession-proof and that they valued their vacation and their time, and they wanted to be treated like we're a little concierge service, and we were able to do that. So we've always stayed small, and we take our business personally.
0: So how many properties do you have?
1: Um, I have 48. Half of those are seasonal homes with a 28-night minimum, and the other half are cottages and condos that are zoned for weekly stays. Mm -hmm. So I'm split down the middle. So in the wintertime, quite busy with 100% occupancy, but many of those guests are what we call set them and forget them. Mm -hmm. They come in, they know the drill, they've been staying at that particular property for years. So they're in for one month, two months, three months, and they pop in every day to get their mail, say hi, honk as they drive by, (laughs) wave as they ride by on their bikes, and we wave out of our windows. So we're full throttle in the wintertime from Christmas until Easter but it's a it's a nice split. So 50% of the inventory changes over on Saturdays and the other 50% just changes over monthly.
0: Mm-hmm. So is is that your high season? Does the occupancy go throughout the rest of the year as well? Christmas
1: to Easter is the big push. So that's when pretty much on the island every agency out here is sold out. And then in the summer months, uh April and May, we see a, a lot of Europeans. So they tend to come for 4 weeks and then After Father's Day, we see the summer vacations, the family crowds from up north. Mm -hmm. So they tend to get out mid-June. Here in Florida, we're out by Memorial Day season. So we get a little push early June. And then mid-June, we're quite busy again, very brisk, running about 70%. Mm -hmm. And then that starts to slow down mid-August as families head back north for band camp, soccer camp, every kind of camp known to man, cheer, cheer camp. And then we enter the peak of hurricane season in August and September. So it's quiet, definitely not as busy, probably 30%, maybe 40, just depends on what the properties are and who's here. But it's generally families without children. There's no school holidays after Labor Day. And then in October, we start to see the Europeans come back again, October, November, and the snowbirds start to return mm-hmm. for those monthly rentals. And we also have Dean Darling Days, which is a big festival with the National Wildlife Refuge for birders and wildlife enthusiasts. So that's in October of every year.
0: Okay, so a real varied demographic then. Yes. So with COVID-19 and, and what's been unfolding over the past month or so, how has that impacted you? Because you, you've obviously got still people that your snowbirds, I guess, were still there when this, this all broke out.
1: Yes, and we still have some here that have decided to shelter in place here rather than try to make the drive home or Mm -hmm. a flight home uh, and put their health at risk, especially if they're in a vulnerable age group, which most of our Mm -hmm. people here are. The average median age, I think, of of a resident on Sanibel is 65. So just our population in general is at risk. Um, So when this started trickling in, we had guests that wanted to leave and they left early. And they wanted to be around their things and Mm -hmm. surrounded by their tribe, their family. And then we had others that thought the better of it and looked at the science and said, I think we're better Mm -hmm. to shelter in place. So we've made arrangements with, with owners for compassionate rates versus the typical high seasonal rates so that guests could just shelter in place and stay here. We had a lot of cancellations early on, late February, early March. We worked successfully to rebook those stays, mostly the guests that were already here that wanted to extend their stay and not go home. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a sticky wicket with travel insurance, not covering fear of travel. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They don't cover fear of travel. And with no stay at home orders in place at that early date, it was just a high degree of uncertainty. And like yourself, the cancellation policies were very fluid at that point. It's like, this is our policy at this time. This is what it's typically been with tropical storms and hurricanes and oil spills. And then as we were getting a clearer picture, then we were able to be more fluid Mm -hmm. and yet more decisive with the information that we were emanating and and putting out there to our guests and to our owners.
0: So you mentioned hurricanes and oil spills, and I know you've been through you know over, over the course of of your experience on the islands you've you've been through many different incidents situations not perhaps as major as this but certainly major at the time what have you been able to bring from that to help you deal with with this
1: well we've got our hurricane preparedness plan and that's really helpful in terms of getting your message out ahead of the guests and the owners, you, you want to anticipate what their first reaction is going to be. And their first reaction is to pick up the phone and call you. So we want to head that off. <laughs> so we we tell people we send an email out that we're thinking of you and we know you're thinking of your vacation. People tend to be very self-centered when something like this is happening, when there's an event, a catastrophe, a storm, an event. And they think, what does this mean to me? So when we start an email out, we say, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. And then we literally say, what does this mean for you? So then we get to the drill down of if you've got a vacation booked, sit tight. If you were thinking of planning one, sit tight. Mm -hmm. We will be contacting you. Please do not call us. We are busy preparing properties or taking care of guests and residents right now. So everybody who's in front of us right now, we are taking care of those people first and then in order of date of arrival. So don't call us. We'll call you. And with that being said, while we love speaking to each and every guest, we can't answer every call, Mm -hmm. but we can answer every email. So if you're concerned, please send an email. That's the first and foremost is to get the message out, get a landing page on your website that if you've got a reservation, click here Yeah, and there's a message there for them of what to do. And of course you still get phone calls.
0: Of course. And I I just think that's, that is a great starting point is... Getting ahead of what's going, you got, you know, it's going to come. So if you get ahead of it, then you're in a much better position. Can I just ask you, Sharon? How many, how many people do you have in your company?
1: I'm a two-person company. Wow.
0: <laughs> so we did discuss it. Uh, we did but I have dis- a great team around me. Yeah, just two people. That when I heard you say that on the Facebook group, it was like, wow, you know, you got that. That is that is tough to manage in something like this. You know, pretty tough to manage with only two people in, in normal circumstances. But uh, but when you are fielding calls and emails, then um, you're, you're stretched pretty thinly, I would imagine.
1: You can be, yes. I mean, I have a great team of people around me. So we have all independent contractors. So we have housekeepers that have been with us 30 years.
2: Mm-hmm. And we've
1: got new ones that have been with us six months. We have contractors and maintenance men on the island that have been with us forever. And they know exactly what properties that need attention for hurricane closures and and what to do. In this case, we didn't need to utilize the all hands on deck with the maintenance folks, other than routine calls to units for basic maintenance to please use protection, wear gloves, wear a mask, and we would minimize interaction with the guests. So if they were going to be out on the beach, great, go ahead and change that flapper in the toilet. And make sure you wipe everything down. And then with housekeeping, as you focused on already for several weeks of uh, focusing on the high-touch areas in the properties and making sure that they're taking proper precautions as well and minimizing exposure. So again, with the guests, with the emails before their arrival and guests for before they were departing, sending out emails asking what arrival times are what time people were planning on departing. So if they were leaving before our 10 a.m. checkout time and they're leaving at 6 a.m., housekeeping would be there at 6.15, 6.30. Um, so if we were able to get people in early, we would do that. Otherwise, plan on a 3 p.m. check-in and do not buy ice cream. So that's not going to keep all day while you wait to check in. So our, our big our big tip is don't buy ice cream. Get that once you're here. So. But we've got a great team of people around us and that enables us to just field the phone calls. Mm-hmm. And if it goes to voicemail, we've got the message. We call them right back. And we also change our voicemail message on the phone for incoming calls as well.
0: So do you feel that your previous experience has has brought a lot to bear on how you're handling this, that it is useful having emergency plans?
1: Yes, most definitely. This it has been pretty much when we have a hurricane coming, we we see it. We know a week out it's basic track. We've got time. We're not rushed. The preparations are thoughtful and regimented and very structured. And we know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. And then once we're closed up, my office and my home are the very last two. The first order of business is to secure all of the properties so that we've got something to come back to so that we can start renting as soon as we're able to. So my office and home are the last to be secured. So then when we leave, the island's really quiet. It's the last of the last people trickling off the island. And then we sit and wait. We mm-hmm. just wait. And that's what this is right now. We're waiting. And that's what the rest of the country is experiencing. They're experiencing a lockdown for, for a hurricane, basically. And you're sitting and waiting. And I think Irma took nine days to get here. <laughs> so <laughs> it went longer than we all would have liked. So we sat and waited. So for us here on the island, I I think I can speak for most of the experienced rental agencies out here that that this is not old hat it's a Mm -hmm. little different but that sense of stress and duress it's manageable it was just that that big push of cancellations coming Mm -hmm. in all at once in one big wave and that reminded us very much of uh, September 11 but September here is quite quiet yeah so it was a manageable push back then
0: so, what would you say has been most challenging for you? Then, you know, g- given that you've you have your emergency plans in place, has anything just sort of come out and knocked you for six that you didn't expect?
1: My crystal ball is not working. Everybody, the the number one question is, what do you think it will be like by June? Do you think it'll be gone by mid-April? Can we come down in mid-April? Can should we cancel our vacation? <laughs> it's the crystal ball aspect and it's very very fuzzy and we just keep Talking people off the ledge, telling them to just sit tight and we'll know more with each passing day in each passing week. Yeah. And that's been very frustrating um, to have the same guests calling and emailing mm-hmm. over and over. And you're you're trying to be very supportive and empathic because we we do say in our email communications that we appreciate that their vacation is not only a financial investment, it's an emotional one. Mm-hmm. And they've been looking forward to it for six months or a year, and they've planned for it. And they've been counting down the days and to have the rug pulled out from under them. It's, it's upsetting and it's disappointing. And they just keep calling it after yeah. you say, please stop calling. Or, you know, I, I, I'm going to respond this last time to you in a very, very nice way. Yeah, But that, you know, we, again, we're, we're taking care of guests that are here in residence that require our immediate attention now. And we know you're there. We've not forgotten about you. And I promise we will have an answer for you. But in the meantime, just sit tight, stay safe, and follow the protocols. And it's just been frustrating with that of you're all getting the same questions. You know, what is your summer going to look like? And can we come? Can we not come? And then you've got the people calling looking for fire sales looking Mm -hmm. for a deal and you're trying to let them know in a very nice way again that now is not the time (laughs) and we are not entertaining fire sales. Mm -hmm. The rate is the rate. (laughs) This is before there were any bans in place uh, because we're not encouraging Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that sort of client base. There's no loyalty in those sorts of clients when, when, you
2: know,
1: I, I don't want to use a word like a bottom feeder, but, but there are people that are attuned to Only searching lowest cost, Mm -hmm. best deal, cancellation rates, and you're not fostering loyalty with them. And they're not going to follow you and stay with you and work their way through your inventory Mm -hmm. and with your brand over the years as their situation changes. If they're a young couple starting out and working their way up professionally and financially, versus you've got folks out there that are just conditioned to look Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for the best rate and they're not going to be loyal to you at all. They're always going to go. For that best deal that they can get so we said no to fire sales right out of the gate and we communicated that with our owners we emailed mm-hmm. that to owners that we would not be doing fire sales we would be offering compassionate rates to our guests and residents
0: it's really evident that that you you place such a value on your loyal and your repeat guests so what, what else are you doing proactively to preserve those relationships particularly with the ones that have you know have been cancelled
1: well again we've sent out our emails. We rely heavily on our Facebook and Instagram pages. I don't have a lot of followers. I have just shy of 2000, but they're real people. They've Mm -hmm. all stayed with me. They're legitimate followers, legitimate guests. So we post videos. I I just stand at the beach at sunset in perfect silence and film the sun going down or waves (sighs) going over a shell. I've got a gopher tortoise from my yard the other day that's digging a burrow. Even he's socially distancing. So he dug himself a giant hole so you can see the sand flying everywhere. So I'll be posting that later this week. You know, while we're all wanting to dig ourselves out, here's one that's going in. So, <laughs> um, But uh, guests who've had to cancel, we put together just a little care package with, uh, we've got bins and bins of seashells that we collect and you know, we donate them to the Shell Museum. We give them, we have them in the units for, people, if they didn't find a shell that they were looking for, take one, you know, so we have bowls of them there. We have them everywhere. So we put a little message in the shell, you know, that uh, until they can come back, may they always have a shell in their pocket. And of course, they can hold it up to their ear and hear the Mm -hmm. ocean. And uh, a little handwritten note and um, a koozie cup and our business card. And, you know, we mailed it off to all the guests that were getting refund checks. And, you know, I, I don't have 100 units or 600 units. So for me, that's something that's relatively easy to do—to just show people that we care and we appreciate. You know that they hang tight and that they—they mm-hmm. they come back. We'll be here. We will be here for them. You just can't be here now. Yeah. And so we really try to communicate that through our our Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. We use strictly during hurricanes, and that's a platform that we use to disseminate information. And if you want more information, visit NOAA.gov visit here's our local favorite news stations that we like for updates here are our favorite webcams that you can watch so that is not meant for interaction that is for information to go out instagram is the happy place and again not a lot of not a lot of banter it's just people liking something And so that's a diversion. So that's usually video clips or just a nice picture that gives you that feeling and that longing that we all have for that love of Sanibel and Captiva that we all have together, that common denominator. And then Facebook is where we actually interact and you exchange ideas and comments and sentiments. The Instagram and Facebook and Twitter are free. So they don't cost anything. So whether you're a small independent owner, a small agency, medium size or big, it levels the playing field and you can get your message out there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think if you're able to share that common love of what's so unique and special about your area and you and why people choose to come back to you and do business with you over other agencies because they have a choice. Mm-hmm. People have a choice to go anywhere and there, we say there is an agency for everybody out here for an owner and for a guest. There's one for everybody. And there's no competition amongst the agencies out here. There's 12 or 13 of us out here. We have a rental manager association. Uh, we get together once a month and we are not in competition with one another at all. We compete for different owners and we compete for different guests. They're mm-hmm. No two are the same. And it's, it's a nice relationship that we enjoy with each other out here. And it's a great safe space that we're able to have conversations about cancellation trends booking trends who's a good screen guy the rent by owners and mm-hmm. booking.coms and the airbnbs and online travel agencies and you know it's it's just a great place to just chat
0: that's something that uh, that we started in our area a couple of a couple of years ago and it sort of fell off because you know we we, we had a couple of meet because we're not all together in the same place you know we're, we're very um distanced but we we re Visited it about three days ago and I just posted and said, hey guys, what are you all doing? Is everybody okay? And everybody was jumping in and it just made me feel that we are not alone perhaps we should have done this before you know we call ourselves the Ontario Cottage Rental Managers Association but we haven't met for a year (laughs) but now we are back into doing this and I think you know if there's any anything beneficial coming out well I think there's a lot of beneficial things coming out of this because there are opportunities there are things that we are coming across and we're coming across kind people I think and People being in the same boat, and I think for those who are listening, if you're able to connect with people around you and other property managers, this is the time when you'll you'll get maximum benefit from this.
1: Agreed. Yeah. And now you have Zoom, so yes, <laughs> you can you can meet remotely. So yes, that's great.
0: Yeah. Um. So what about your owners, Sharon? How are you? How are you dealing with with them? Because I'm sure they have concerns as well.
1: Again, we sent an email out when this was just starting outlining what our current cancellation policy is and what that means for them. And then we sent out another one. That said, okay, now that we're seeing a little more handwriting on the wall, we're modifying our cancellation policy for those that didn't have a covered event with travel insurance, because we do have some guests that have pre-existing conditions and they are unable to travel. And so they do have valid claims for insurance that we would allow a rebooking window. And what does this mean for the owner? And then we sent out a third saying, okay, we've got guests that are wanting full refunds. We don't want to allow rebooking into 2021. Mm -hmm. I'd rather give them the full refund, take the short-term hit now for the long-term gain in 2021. And literally, I would say 90% of my owners emailed back saying they had absolutely no problem with that. They were on board. They did not feel good about keeping someone's money In a time with such a high degree of uncertainty and, you know, that they all understood that it's for the greater good. That Mm -hmm. the PR that you're going to get down the road and the loyalty is going to far outweigh the time and energy that Amy in my office and myself would have to spend online Mm online having to deal with negative online reviews.
0: Oh, I'm I'm so 100% with you. This we we decided early in that if if people wanted a refund of their deposit, just we're just giving it back. And we went out to all our owners and laid it out and said this is our new cancellation policy, we need your buy-in, and 90% of them absolutely fine and it's it gives you the warms and warm and fuzzies actually <laughs> to 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 get all this and it's it's made our lives easier but i i fully agree with you that there's a long term picture here you know we at the end of this we want to recover we want to have our guests back we want to keep our owners and and i believe that when this is all over people are going to just come back to vacation rentals and if if we have lost some guests along the way they will be replaced
1: correct Correct. And we did make one request of our owners that if we had any cancellation fees before the policy, you know, before the stay at home mm-hmm. orders took place, as well as guests in the future that um, we we do mention to the guests, you know, we do have a cancellation policy, we can waive it. However, in the event that they were okay with a cancellation fee, I said to the owners that I would not be taking any portion of it and any portion that they got, I would request that they would uh, pay it forward to their housekeepers Mm -hmm. and that I would, I would handle that and, and make sure that the housekeepers got paid. I said, they are our frontline. They are the first impression that the guest gets when they walk in and they are the most vulnerable. And so all of our owners agreed to that. And same thing with guests. The guest asked if there was a cancellation fee because they're, they're canceling for November Mm
2: -hmm. of next
1: year, you know, then, it's like, there's a cancellation fee. However, I want you to know it is being paid to the housekeeper. And they were like, Oh, that is awesome. I'm Mm -hmm. like, but if if you need it and you want it, I will waive the cancellation fee and give you your whole refund back. You know, we're talking $94 and 35 cents. And to some people right now, that's a lot of money and other people whose jobs are stable and they're fine. They said, "No, by all means. And we've made a note on their confirmation so that when they rebook. We take that into consideration. The ninety-four dollar and thirty-five cent fee paid mm-hmm. from their deposit to the housekeeper, and we'll factor that in with their rate.
0: That's perfect.
1: So basically, they're gonna they're gonna get a little discount on on the the front end of their stay.
0: So, Sharon, you've you've been super, just well, extraordinarily helpful. <laughs> in the Facebook group and and when you've been coming along to the uh, the sessions on uh, our Zoom sessions on Wednesday our office hours can i ask you just for any t- any other tips that you have that might help managers get through the next few months perhaps those who are not as experienced and seasoned as you are
1: i don't claim to be an expert in anything however with every expert you start as a beginner period mm-hmm. so whether it's riding a bicycle everybody starts in the exact same place And it's just where you choose to go with it. Um, As I said, I'm a small agency, so I choose to focus my resources and my time, my guests that are right in front of me and my owners. So my rebooking rate is almost 70% of repeat clients to the same property. Mm -hmm. And then I'm about 18% repeat guest that they try different properties. So I'm at about 10 or 12% for new guests. So take a look, if you're able to with your software, take a look at where does your business come from and how many people are loyal and are with you for the long haul. Focus on them so that they'll tell their friends about their experience with you. And if they can share it on your Google page, on your Facebook page, with the Google page that's so it's going to help with your metrics and your rankings. If you're not familiar with Google Analytics, now is the time. It's not difficult, but it's a really good, source of information. If you don't have a Google business page, get one. It's free. Work with your website provider to get your code put in there so that you can track the referrals and, and what your most popular pages are. You can see where people are landing on your website. What is the most popular property or page? And I understand like in your market, you're looking at 15 months of no income.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go- And I
1: understand a lot of... A lot of agencies are like that, from my understanding we're 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 year round here. We're very lucky, so we'll recover quickly. so in your in your market, I don't even know what to tell property managers there for I mean, there's one thing to keep busy and find projects and do deep cleans and organizing and learn WordPress and all of that, but fifteen months is a long time. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah, we are sort of. This is what what we're facing. But you know, we're we're looking creatively to say, well, you know, when let's say this is over in September and people will begin m- moving freely again, maybe we'll be able. You know, we'll we'll look at promotions to try and get people up to us in in our fall season, which a lot of people don't come for fall because they've already had their summer holiday so maybe we can we'll work on different promotions and as we go into the winter we just hope because winter is always very sporadic for us it depends on how much snow we get and yeah i'm i'm yeah, I'm, I, I'm not looking <laughs> at i'm not well we're, we're actually looking ahead to next may and june So if we can get ourselves through, we've had to we've laid off four, five staff, and that's my concern because the government is is giving them sort of three, two or three months of support. So we're trying to work out what will happen to them if that carries on. So really, it's for me, it's proactive. It's it's it's, what can we get in place for different scenarios, and hopefully we may not even have to get there. But it's it's like an emergency plan backing on emergency plan for all for the different scenarios and i think that that, that's definitely worthwhile people who have our type of seasonal business doing and with the
1: larger companies i i understand the challenges there as well because you've got so many people and so many wheels going to get that information from reservations and housekeeping Mm -hmm. and marketing and accounting and what worked for you and what didn't work for you. We do it all here. So it's Mm -hmm. easier for us to to say, oh, we could have done this a little better. We need to work on that. Um, So the larger organizations, I think it's even more critical. And especially if, if they're furloughing folks right now to chat with everybody and find out what worked, what didn't work. So that you can have a game plan, because this isn't going to be the first time that this happens. It's going to come again. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have we'll have something else similar to it, and and if it's not a tornado, a hurricane, a recession, so you want to look at your business at, at how you can recession proof it. You know, who can you target yourselves to work on your social media campaigns for the year? For you know, find a rainbow day and love your pet day. And so we keep our phones handy and we snap pictures of anything and everything that we see just on any given day. And you find a use for it when you've got your, your big desk blotter Mm -hmm. sitting there with all the holidays and everything on it. And you've got all these images, we tag them for social media, put them in a folder and we can go through and, and have them ready to go. And you can schedule your posts a year in advance so you can have them absolutely ready to go. So that's something that doesn't cost anything. Because I understand, you know, cost is going to be a big concern for folks. If they're able to get a fund going, a reserve going, now is the time to do it. Every little bit that you can save, cut corners that it doesn't show, just cut the fat. Look at your phone bills. Look at your internet bills. Look at your fee structure of what you're charging owners. You know, so just where you can where you can find money and not compromise quality in your service. That's one place to start for sure, but it's hard to cut back on your marketing and it's it's hard to let employees go. So I'm in a unique position that I don't I don't have to deal with that. So I can continue business as usual and not be stressed out. So mm-hmm. think about what's stressing you out right now and where the opportunity lies in that and where you can hustle. Mm-hmm. To relieve that stress.
0: Yeah, that's great suggestions there, Sharon. You've been super helpful. Can't get my head around the fact that there's just two of you. <laughs> so, so I know you are you are busy all the time. So I wish you every good fortune over the next, uh, over the next few weeks, months, however long it takes. I hope everything comes back together for you just as you want it to be. And I'll look forward to seeing you in, in the Facebook group and, uh, and coming along on our office hours again, because it was great. It's great to have you there.
1: Thank you very much. And everybody just keep thinking positive. The sun will shine again. It shines for all the wide world's joy. (laughs) So it's all good. You'll get through it. This is, it's just, it's tough. you gotta put one foot in front of the other, focus on one thing today and be mindful. take a breath 30 yeah. seconds for yourself <laughs> close your eyes. That is but I appreciate you welcoming me into the group and and being so lovely and generous with your time as well sharing all of your thoughts and, and putting this business of short-term rental page together as well on Facebook. It's a great group.
0: Yeah, thank you. thank you. It's been great having it's been great talking to you, Sharon. thank you. So thank you so much, Sharon, for joining me. That was excellent. Some great tips, suggestions, advice from someone who has been in this business for a long, long time and, as she says, has hospitality in the genes. So if you're able to follow some of that, I'm sure you're going to reap the benefits of it. So that's it for this, the first episode in this series of In the Trenches, and I'll be bringing you more from property managers across the world. I hope I can um, talk to some property managers, perhaps in other parts of the world as well, and see how they are coping. I hope you find this useful. If you've got any comments and suggestions about what I can ask and what you'd like to hear, please let me know. You can email me at heather at and I will get back to you. So stay safe, folks. And I will be talking to you again very soon. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.